Alrighty, back out of here on The Fan. It is overtime with Jonathan Peterwin. Let's go out to the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. But he's in person, David Gilbert, joining us here on 92.3 The Fan. David, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. What a successful night it feels like. Another good night. It just, it's just, it's the energy in that room just makes me feel good about, about this city and um, how just how much sports means to this city. You feel mm-hmm. it there. And yeah, we were just talking, every year is different. You know, the, the different types of celebrities. Some years we have more to celebrate, some years less to celebrate. But man, that, I, I, it, the energy in this room was as good as we've ever had it. I think Holly Rowe was a great choice uh, for this year in particular too. Cause you, I mean, you got the, obviously the women's tournament coming up here, which matters a ton for the city, yes. which is a, just a great deal. But, and she is, she is, when you think women's college sports, you think Holly Rowe. hundred percent. And you know, I, I was, I was a fan, I, but never met her. And you know, mm-hmm. we've interacted a lot the last couple of days and she is, she's just the real deal. I mean, in terms of just a genuine person prepared as much as 24 years, as much as any host we've ever seen. And I, and I just took it personally. I mean, she mm-hmm. she wanted this to be. She said she watched a bunch of past ones. Did she really? She, yeah, I love yep. that. Okay. And she said we sent her a bunch of stuff. I watched them all. <laughs> she said, I and she mentioned Joe Thomas last year. So that's a guy that's going to be hard to beat. She said my, my goal. Well, when Anthony Lima's feeding you jokes, it, it makes it a lot easier, right? <laughs> no, or tougher. Absolutely. She she did her homework. She knew everybody that was there. Crazy genuine. And and really made it about Cleveland, which was not about her, which was great. I heard her on Afternoon Drive earlier today. She was on uh, with Nick and Dustin, and she was talking about how like, she's like, ah, the, only advice, the only advice they gave me was don't make fun of Cleveland. She said, Clevelanders can make fun of Cleveland. I can't make fun of Cleveland. And so as long as she followed that script, I think she, she'll be all right. That, and we told her really don't, you know, don't say Michigan. Like, uh, you know. <laughs> Leave that the, out. The, yeah, those two things. She just did cover the Rose Bowl and she was on the did. sideline for yeah, Michigan. She and, did. You know, massive game, but just don't mention that. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she you did. can bring up Harbaugh leaving. That <laughs> might be okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, David, David Gilbert joining us here, of course, the president of the Greater Cleveland Sports Commission. Uh, let me ask you, what does it mean to the city to have not only the events you have, but also, you know, the, the sports teams being downtown the way that they are? I, I, I really do feel like our sports teams mean as much or more to our city as about any other city I can think of. I think some of it is, you know, we're, we're a very, you know, sort of deep-rooted city, multi-generational. You know, while we're finally growing again, we're not like a transient place. So for so many people here, you know, these teams are 50, 75, 100-plus years old. People have gone with their parents, grandparents. But also, as a city that's been knocked around a lot the past generation or two, you know, it's sort of been one constant that, that draws people together. And, and, I, I, and, and we're so fortunate I know in our in what we do as an organization, ADEP teams that work well together. There's very few cities in this country that have all of their pro sports teams coordinating on one big event mm-hmm. and celebrating their city and not not doing it in a way that competes with one another. And and I you know pe- people can argue. There's always arguments about should you spend public dollars on sports stadiums and what what what's the value. To me, there is the economic value, critically important. There's also just the the psychological value. And I, and yes, I'm a sports fan. And yes, I, I'm I'm we're in the business of attracting events. Yeah. But I also feel like 
have a real understanding of what sports mean to a community. And I think about how many how many other cities spend billions of dollars to try to get somebody else's team. What does that tell you? Yeah. And we're lucky. We are lucky that our size city has NBA, NFL, MLB, and and all beloved in this city. What what is the role for the Cleveland Sports Commission when it comes with uh, with really Brown Stadium, Cleveland Brown Stadium? Now I want to call it First Energy there, but is it Cleveland Brown Stadium? You know, it, it really right now is between the Browns and the city. And and the the city are the owners, uh, you know, we, we, you know, know all the players and and are aware of what's going on. But it's it's, um, you know, a lot of negotiation. I think I, I'm one. I really hope they end up staying down on the lakefront. Um, you know, the Browns have already said publicly they're not leaving Northeast Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's great to hear. Um, but there's a lot of history. Uh, you know, obviously, there's now almost 100 years of history with uh, a stadium being down there, and and I will say we we work closely with the Browns on events at the stadium, so um, we have a real vested interest because whatever happens, whatever major renovation were to happen or you know new stadium, our job is going to be to work with the Browns to try and fill it with non. NFL, not not so much concerts, but all other types of sporting yeah, events, yeah. big soccer, you know, soccer events and and, you know, all kinds of other things. Obviously, we want to get the draft back here. And, uh, um, you know, that's that's critically important to us. Well, I mean, if I'm just outside perspective, but if, if you guys had a rooting interest, I would imagine to be in the 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 dome capacity. Right. Like, because it's, it's so much easier. You can have all sorts of different tournaments all sorts of different uh, everything just it's, it's, yeah. it's opened up so much no doubt if you could snap your fingers and say could we have a dome 100 <laughs> percent. okay the question is you know if a dome costs a billion dollars more and i don't know if it's exactly that but it's you know to, to build a new dome stadium at least looking at the ones that have been built around the country mm-hmm. you know you're you're talking well over two billion dollars i think the question is ultimately what's the return on investment and you know, and, and, you know, do I think once every 20 years we could get a Super Bowl or a men's Final Four? I mean, they're still incredibly competitive. Mm-hmm. I think we could. Um, especially, I think we have a track record in this community of, of very successfully hosting the largest events in the country. Sure, yeah. And there's a lot of trust by the NCAA, other organizations, and our ability to do that as a, as a community. Um, I think a lot of it will just come down to, ultimately come down to dollars and cents. Um, I do think that whatever happens with a stadium down there, it, like what I love what they've done with the the transformation of this place, of Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, is mm-hmm. they made a lot of other spaces that can be used by people, by fans, by the public in other events. And, and I think that would be important for whatever happens. So the building itself can be used more than just what's on the field. And I think that will be great for the community. And I, and I know that the Browns are thinking that way. The city's thinking that way. I mean, your brain would be going a million miles a minute when you saw Roger Goodell and DeWine at the same game together. Hands down. <laughs> Absolutely. We, and no doubt. And we've, you know, we've asked, I'll tell you, we've asked the NFL directly said, you know, because of when the draft was in 21, because of COVID, we have probably about a third of the fans that we expected to have based on past drafts. And, you know, if you mm-hmm. remember, there's a lot, you know, certain areas had to be vaccinated. Most people weren't. It was a very... Oh, yeah, I was, was there. I was there. It, it yeah. was great it happened. I mean, it, it was... It was a fantastic event. Yes. But yes. But impact-wise, 
it meant about $42 million in direct spending. It would have been well over $100 million. And so we've asked the NFL directly, you know, we, we, we didn't get what we hoped for. And, and I, think, I think that will play well in future discussions of trying to get the draft back here sooner rather than later. Yeah, I'm always fascinated with the amount of revenue that can be generated on some of this stuff, right? Like you, you get the report that uh, the, a Taylor Swift concert in Glendale is worth three Super Bowls, and I just yeah. I get fascinated by that. What is the projection for what the NCAA Women's Tournament is going to give? You know, it's interesting. We, going into it, if we look at past women's Final Fours from the last past number of years, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to $30 million in direct spending. We don't use multipliers. It's kind of, it, it, without going into a lot, we, we use conservative numbers, only direct spend from, from the outside into Cleveland. So 20 to $30 million. It may be a decent amount higher because of where that event now is going. And we're already hearing, and this is no joke, probably every week, some new event that some group is holding in Cleveland during those few days because the women's final four here. Not officially a part of it, but different, especially a lot of a lot of um, women's organizations. It's now, bec- it, it, and this is just happening over the last year or two, the epicenter of, of women's sports period. Yeah. I'll give you one really interesting example. Mm-hmm. So we were awarded the event five years ago. And we were bidding on it for about a year before that. And part of, in the whole process, there's, there's a whole set of obligations the community has, basically costs. So we have to raise the money. We had to raise about, about $2.5 million to put that event on. Mm-hmm. For what, but in the, in the bid specs, um, and this is only five years ago, they normally have about 250 national media. So one of the things you have to do, it's not a big thing, but our, our job is to feed the national media. Well, now, instead of 250, they're expecting well over 1,000 national media. So I think in just five years, the number of national media expected for that event has, go- has gone up four times, from 250 to over 1,000. It just says so much for how women's sports, women's basketball, and that event has elevated itself to be, you know, in the same conversation with, you know, MLB also and these other major events that, that we've hosted. Uh, and you couldn't have timed it out any better, you know, Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese. I mean, yes. this is this is unreal. It. Ohio State being where they are. I yeah. mean, it's. Yeah. Uh, I have to say, last year we had a big group that went down to Dallas for the women's Final Four because a lot of, you know, uh, and I've been to some others, but it's been a few years, and a lot of you know future host cities. I have to say, and I'm 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 a big sports fan. Mm-hmm. It was the most exciting sporting event I have ever been to that without without my team in it without a. You know, without a, a, a Cavs, Indians slash Guardians, or Browns, <laughs> right. the teams I grew up with, most exciting sporting event. And and the just the energy there, and I've been to men's Final Fours, uh, well above. And I think it was Caitlin Clark, and it was, but I think we're going to expect that in them some here. I, it feels like it's taken even another leap from last year. And it's, it's, really, it's really cool to see. David, you guys are doing uh, fantastic work. I appreciate you giving us a few minutes, and uh, Thanks, we'll catch Jonathan. up with you later. Thank you. You got it. Thank you. All right, David Gilbert right there. Fantastic always to talk to him.